Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Joel Gregory continues in his life-changing series entitled Out of the Grave. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. And so today is part two of out of the grave. And so we know sometimes graves have a negative connotation to them. I mean, in the kingdom, it actually has an extremely positive connotation. But in the reality in life, no one wants to live near a grave or really do anything associated with them. And so the good news I have for everyone today is that our Lord and Savior is not in a grave. He got up, right? And every other great leader, every other religious leader, you can go to the tomb where they are laid and you will find their remains. But if you go to the tomb where Jesus was laid, how I many you know you will find none of his remains because he is alive and because he lives, we also live today. And just like he rose from the uh, dead, how I many you know we also should also in our salvation rise to a newness of life that he has for all of us to live. And so grave by definition is an excavation made in the earth in which to bury a dead body. And so a lot of the text that we're reading from today is just symbolic of water baptism because the water represents a grave for us. And what we're saying when we go down into that water is that we've died to our old self, we've died to our sins. And when we come out of that water, we are publicly declaring that we are coming out to live in the newness of life that he prepared for us. And so there are two points I want you to take away from this series. One is you're dead to sin. The other is that you're alive to Christ, right? And so you have to, like, give up one in order to get the other. You can't have both of those. And let's, so re- let's read our opening text in Romans chapter 6, uh, verses 3 and 4. I'm reading out of the New King James Version, and it says, Or do you not know that there are many of us Uh, As many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. And again, this is written to the church at Rome. So these are already believers. They are already saved. And in the early church, there was a threefold process that always took place. They would get someone saved, then they'd get them water baptized, and then they'd get them filled with the Holy Spirit. And the water baptism piece was a symbolic reminder of what just took place in their lives. So they died to something and became alive to something else. Verse 4 says, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism. So symbolically, we went through this with him into death so that just as Christ was raised from the dead, just as means in like fashion or like manner, was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. And we're going to talk about what that means later. Even so, we should walk in newness of life. And walk means to habitually order our steps or to live in this newness of life. And newness, as we talked about last week, is a renewal or the act of renewing, a state of being renewed. And life is Zoe. And that is life the way God intended it. So it's not just dying to something. I've got to die to something, but then renew myself to something else. And so in the examples that I used from my own life last uh, week, it wasn't just dying to the club. I mean, I have to now renew myself to something else. And so I died to the club, but I renewed myself to church. And I didn't give God any less than I gave the devil because I missed no weekends. 
Anybody else? Right. When I was out in the world, I lived for the weekend. So I made sure in that renewal, I'm not giving God anything less than I gave the devil. Right? And so I don't miss the weekends with God, right? I talked about alcohol, right? I didn't just die to alcohol and drinking. I had to now renew myself to being full of the Spirit. So now instead of being just drunk on the weekends, I get drunk every day. In the Spirit. I know some of y'all are like, oh, I didn't know we could get drunk every day, right? Right? Read it, Ephesians chapter 5, right? So, so now. And then I didn't just say I'm going to stop sleeping with female. I'm not going to, I didn't just say I'm going to die to fornication. Now I'm going to dedicate my body to Christ Amen. as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him. So a lot of times what we do is we come to church and we try to do one without doing the other. So we end up staying in church and still living the way we lived before we gave our lives to Christ. And we're really going to process that, unpack that today with all of our new information, really what that looks like in a practical way. And so last week we talked about Jesus' death was perfect. Today let's pick up with point number two, he made us perfectly holy, okay? And it'll take faith to receive everything that I'll minister to you today, so I pray that you stay connected. Really listen from your spirits because your head will go tilt, but your spirit man will leap for joy. Now, let's look at Hebrews chapter 10, and we'll begin reading at verse 11, but of course, we want to go back and understand everything it said prior to verse 11. And so, in verses 1 through 8 or so, uh, it's just really saying that the animal sacrifices of the Old Testament were not sufficient to remove our sins. The only thing that they could do was cover our sins temporarily for the moment that the priest was making the sacrifices. And then think right in verses, the next couple of verses after that, it talks about Jesus being the only acceptable sacrifice to the Father that not only could cover sins, but completely remove them. So let's pick the story up in verse 11. Hebrews 10 Verse 11 out of the New King James Version says, And every priest stands ministering daily, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But I love these next two words, but this man. Now, I mean, you know, anytime you see but in the Scriptures, it really cancels out everything that we read up to that point. So he's really saying, forget about that. Let's focus on this because this is the real issue. It says, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, can anybody tell me what that one sacrifice was? Jesus through his what? Death, burial, and resurrection. So now, one sacrifice for sin. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins for how long? Forever. Set down at the right hand of God. And from that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. A couple of things I want to point out to you, right? He sat down from that moment on. So, 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 Clayton, could you bring that chair out here for me right now? So, in understanding that text then, what is Jesus doing right now? Sitting down, right? Right? And so, when you... The imagery here of someone, and he's going to be God. This is God. And so, so Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father. So the imagery here, when you see someone sit down, what are they saying? I'm finished. I'm done. Right? But think about Christianity today. 
We're praying for him to do something for us. We're saying, go, Jesus. Do it, Jesus. Get it, Jesus. Fix it, Jesus. And Jesus is sitting down. And then he's not just sitting down. He's sitting down expecting until his enemies are made his footstool. So then what is the expectation that he has? Is that we will finish what he started. And the same butt kicking he gave the devil, he expects all of his children to carry on. And so I just want you to see this. I almost want to do the rest of this message seated. (laughs) Because he's done. He's done all he's going to do. Now it's up to us to say we believe that and act on it and then manifest everything that he already provided for us. Right? And so think about it. What did he defeat then? Who are his enemies? Poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. Right? And so that means you don't have to be poor anymore. Matter of fact, the scripture says he became poor so that you could be rich. I got one person like at the top row of the balcony back there that caught that. Which means I don't want to waste what he provided for me. Right? It's a discredit to him when I don't walk in the fullness of prosperity. I'm not being humble when I can't pay my bills. Let's talk about sickness for a moment. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) See, in his mind, by his stripes, you're already healed. See, so think about how much time we spend asking him to do something that in his mind he's already provided for. So instead of asking him, we should be receiving it. You see the difference? And we know he overcame spiritual death at the moment that you become saved. Let's thank God here for his excellent example uh, through the person of Clayton. I don't want Clayton to walk out of here. I'm God. And then we got to work with Clayton at that point, right? And, and so, so, so remember the scripture says he's seated at the right hand of God from that time until now. So his position hasn't changed. So if he's sitting, who should be working? So nudge your neighbor and say, it's time to get busy. Right? But it's not the kind of work you think. It's not labor. It's not toil. It's really learning the scriptures for the purpose of obeying them. That's the work. Okay? So now, so he's since forever, sat down at the right hand of God. Then from that time on, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool, For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. So there are two specific things I want you to learn from this portion of the text today. Letter A, it's right in your notes, follow along, Version Bible app, or you can download the linked up Bible app, but I really want you to get this today. I don't want you to walk out of here and you don't have this, okay? So it says here in that verse, verse uh, right around 13 there, verse 14, I'm sorry, for, one, for by one offering he has perfected forever. And the word perfected here means to complete, to accomplish, to consummate, uh, to finish, or to make perfect. So in the mind of God, he has already made you perfect. 
So Jesus' suffering and his death was so perfect, listen to this very carefully, that it perfected you. And so we spent a lot of time in the mirror. We spent a lot of time on beauty products. We spent a lot of time in the gym. We spent a lot of time trying to make ourselves perfect in the natural when in reality we will never be more perfect than what he already made us. So Jesus' suffering and death was so perfect that it perfected you and it perfected me. And it ended all of the work. So remember, in his mind, he cannot make you better than what you currently are. Somebody say, I'm perfect perfect. in him. him. All right, so so that's going to take a minute to, to settle down in you. The Bible does not say it made you better. It does not say it improved you. And it does not say it gave you the chance to change. You accept Jesus Christ and his shed blood and all that that means in your life. At that moment, he made you perfect. Now it's your responsibility to see yourself the way he made you. And I understand human nature. I can hear it out there right now. I can hear someone saying, but pastor, hold on, wait a minute. I don't feel perfect. It's not a feeling, folks. You don't have to feel this. Perfection is not a feeling. It is a state of being. Others will say, Pastor, but I mess up all the time. Well, welcome to the club. We all do, but it does not change what he made us. Right? And I've got to work and see this is a completely different crowd. And so what we end up doing and where Satan tricks us is he gets us over into this realm. We miss it. We make a mistake. Satan comes in and says, you are not what you said. Why are you up there singing? Why are you serving? I told you you weren't what you said you are. Look at you. You messed up. We start listening to that, and then we get off track and get away from God. And all God is saying is, I already forgave what you did. So just stand up and be and say about yourself what I say about you, right? Just be what I made you. And then the more you see yourself the way he made you, the less mistakes you'll make over time. Oh, I hope this is helping somebody in here. So I'm talking about sometimes right after we make the mistake, we've got to learn how to say, God, you've already forgiven me of that. The blood has already covered that. And I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and I've overcome that area of my life in Jesus' name. If you don't quickly get back to that, then you'll stay in a state of seeing yourself opposite of what he made you. You cannot improve on perfection. Right? And so I'm going to help a lot of people out. Stop trying to be something that you can never be. You don't have to, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You don't need to change anything about yourself. And if you love yourself the way God loves you, he'll send somebody into your life to love you the way you love yourself. Come on, somebody. Right? And, and so all that will happen over the course of your life, you'll spend so much time trying not to make mistakes and caring about what other people think about you that you'll live in that prison for the rest of your life instead of living in the safety of knowing that I'm already perfected in his sight. And if I'm good with God, then I'm good with me. And if being with God, being good with God and being good with me is not good with you, guess what? That's good with me too. 
but I'm not getting ready to spend my life trying to prove something to you, trying to impress you. I'm not getting ready to go get nothing. I'm not changing nothing about me. If you don't like me the way that I am, then that's your problem. I'm not getting ready to make your issues my issue because I'm perfect in his eyes. Come on, give yourself a big hug and say, I'm perfect in his eyes. Come on, look at, look at your neighbor and tell the neighbor on one side, tell him, perfection sure looks good on you. Come on, look at the neighbor on the other side and say, I didn't know perfection could look that good. So your perfection is not because of your ability to get it right. It is on the perfection of Jesus' death, period. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21 out of the Passion Translation says this. For God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us so that he or we who did not know righteousness might become the righteousness of God through our union with him. Now, I missed something in the first service that the Holy Spirit checked me about. And it's a, it's a little word, but it's a big word. Notice it says that they might become. It didn't say that they would become. Because it's your responsibility to accept what he made you. So, so commentaries and scholars call this the great exchange. The man who never knew sin, right? The people who never knew righteousness. So the man said, I'm going to become sin so that they could know righteousness. Which means, folks, you are in right standing with God. Right now. If you've acknowledged and repented from sin in your life. See, where this throws people off is, see, when I miss it, I still have a responsibility as a believer to repent from that. I don't have time to get into the details of this, but, but forgiveness is really for the world. Repentance is for the church. See, repentance is a term. I'm saying, God, I admit that that's wrong, right? And I'm going to commit to change the way I think about that. Turn 180 degrees and go in a completely opposite direction. You all see that? And as long as I live in that posture, how I many you know I am righteous 24 hours a day, seven days a week, even when I miss it? Oh, man. Somebody said, I need this to get in your chest. Say, I am the righteousness of God. In Christ, Jesus, in Christ Jesus, right now. Right now. Come on, say it one more time. Say, I am, I am the, righteousness the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus. Right, now. right now. Do you believe that? Yeah. Right? So, so I'm working on something. When you can't see yourself the way he made you, then you can't receive what he has for you. And that's why he said they might be. Because most people can only see what they've done wrong. And, and because of what I've done wrong, I don't deserve that. And God is saying, you're right. Because of what you have done, you don't deserve that. 
but because of what my son did, you deserve all of that. Oh, y'all missed that right there. You deserve all of that and some. You deserve to be debt free. You deserve to be free from sickness and disease. You deserve to live forever with God. Let me try it again. You deserve to be set free. Listen, not because of anything that you've done. Because he paid the price for you to be that way. You deserve to live every day of your life free from sickness and disease. No sniffles, no headaches, no discomfort, no dis-ease. It's hard for us to receive that. It's really challenging for us to receive that. Can you put 1 Peter 5, 6? I can, you all are pulling on me different. Put 1 Peter 5, 6 up there. New King James Version. 1 Peter 5, 6. See, we try to be so humble. Right? I don't need much. Yeah. Well, if you don't need it for you, then need it for somebody else. You don't want it for you, then want it to pay somebody else's bills up. Look at this. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. What does it mean to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God? What does that mean? Now, don't everybody answer at the same time. It's not a trick question. What does it mean to humble yourself? Right? It means to submit to his word. Right? Submit to his word. Obey his word. Right? That's humbling myself under the mighty hand of God. Then God promised something there, right? He promised he would do what? So, so, so it's a false humility then and, and foolish pride to not say about myself what he said about me. So I don't feel worthy. Why wouldn't you feel worthy if he made you worthy? See, so really I'm full of pride when I can't declare I am what he made me. I'm perfect in his eyes, not in my wife's eyes, not in my daughter's eyes, not in the staff's eyes, but in his eyes, I'm perfect. So when they, even if they treat me less, I'm still going to see myself the way he sees me. Oh, y'all missing a great place right here. I promise you, you miss. And see, we get so caught up in what they think about me. See, I'm caught up in what he thinks about me. See, so he declared me righteous. I'm right with God. Me and God, we're good. Come on, somebody. We're good all day, every day. Come on, God's not mad at me. God's not thinking about what I did wrong and what he's going to do to get me. God is thinking about how he can bless me. God is thinking about every time I, I submit to his word and I obey that, how can I exalt them and lift them up above their circumstance? How can I take their life to the next level? Come on, how can I heal them? How can I deliver them? How can I prosper them? How can I help them get there? How can I get them to their next level? That's all God is ever thinking about. 
when we allow ourselves to see ourselves the way he sees us. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you're good. Look at your other neighbor and tell him, God is good with you. Do you all believe that today? I said, do you all believe that today? Let's look at letter B. See, this is forever. Letter B, this is forever. This is forever. What a gift to us. And I think I'm so excited about it because I've always known it, but I never shared it. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I didn't feel like I earned the right to. I hadn't been pastoring long enough. Who am I to try to? I never heard such and such say that. So let me wait till they get it. Then I'll follow. When in the reality, he'll show this to a little eight-year-old. And the eight-year-old's responsibility is to declare that at the top of the mountain. Glory to God. And so what I want you all to pray for me is that I'll just get even more bolder. Because it's a lot that I know that I don't share for that reason I just described. But I'm coming out of it. I said I'm coming out of it. Come on. I said I'm coming out of it. Because what I'm accepting, Minister Russell, is that he's the one that established me in this. Nobody else did that but him. And so then who am I to not be what he established me in? Well, people. See, watching people, listening to people, watching how people react, little stuff people say. See how we get all caught up? I will. This is forever. Let's read Hebrews 10, 14 again. Let her be. For by one offering, he has perfected how long? How long is forever? How much time is left after that? So forever is forever, and there's no time left after that. You sure about that? It's just until I make a mistake again. No, it's, it's forever, right? It's till I miss it again. No, it's forever, right? So before by one offering, he has perfected forever. Watch this now. Those who are being sanctified. So even though he perfected us forever, sanctification is a process over time. So see, there are two sides to everything. There's the Godward side, and then there's the manward side. So through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, he perfected us. He made us holy. Now, it's our responsibility to separate ourselves from the world and transform ourselves into God. He can't do that for us. He can't read this for us. He can't study for us. And he won't make us obey it. Okay? So now, let's look at this. Philippians chapter 2, 12 and 13. Let's look at a text that bears this out. Sanctified means set apart or made holy. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2, 12 and 13. I'm reading in the New King James Version, and it says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Listen to what he instructs the church at Philippi. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will, that is, gives you the desire uh, to do for his good pleasure, okay? And so let's break this down a little bit. For it is God which worketh in you. Therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed my presence, much more in my absence, work out your own salvation. The word work out means to work fully, or phrase, work fully, that is to accomplish 
listen to this, by implication, and I love this, it means to finish. So we have a responsibility to finish what he made us. So he perfected us and made us holy, but now we've got to renew our minds and transform into the image of his dear son over time, right? And then enjoy the journey. That's not going to all happen in one week. Just like a child takes children time to mature. And so be patient with yourself while you're growing. And don't let the devil take you out because you made a mistake. You still here today? All right. so, 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 so notice it says he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Those who are being sanctified are in their process. But they have a responsibility to work out their salvation. All right? Salvation is soteria there. Their deliverance, their rescue, their prosperity, their safety. They have a responsibility to work that out. So, so here again, this is what people, you know, it's okay when you first give your life to Christ, go to your pastors, go to counselors, get help. But how many know at some point you've got to grow up and figure out how to work your own situation out? Because no two situations are ever going to be the same, right? Just like weight loss. How I many know there's no one size fits all? What it takes for me to lose weight might be completely different. So you, you got to work your own situation out, right? I, I get upset. I watch people can eat stuff I can't touch. Soon as I eat it, it just started, my jacket started bulging, popping out, right? But how I many know that's, that's their situation? That's not my situation. And so I've got to work out my own salvation. And everyone's is different. So stop comparing your life to somebody else's. Right? Just work on you. Just work on you. You know you. Right? I was using an analogy in the earlier service, right? To come out of fornication, how many of you got to be diligent about that? Y'all were getting ready to make me mad in here. I said, how many of you know you got to be diligent about that? You ain't getting ready to just say, I'm done doing that. Right or wrong? I'll come back to that. So, no, I'm going to do it right now. So, so, the, so, the, so the way to work that out is you got to be intentional. Listening to everything that we just said up to this point. If I'm going to die to that, then I got to work this out, which means I got to know my own self. And I'm out of control right now. So that means I don't need to be around females. Right? So I figured out very quickly, if I put myself in this situation... I'm doing it. Oh, we just going to lay here and just, no, somebody helping me. Somebody helping me preach. Stay with me out there. Stay with me. I enjoy that, right? And so you can play all those games all you want to, but I knew myself, right? So much so that, that, that you know, when we would date, man, I was struggling. Just looking at her, I was like, I see her legs, and, and D, I wouldn't see her legs. I would see a drumstick with, with barbecue sauce on it. Boy, I want to just sop it up like a biscuit. I would see her toes, and what I would see is popsicles. I didn't even see toes. I saw popsicles. 
One time, Minister Russell, I went to go pick her up. She knows this story. I went to go pick her up from her, from her home, right? She comes out looking good like she always does, gets in the car. She had a little skirt on. When she sat down, the skirt came up. Boy, I looked over at those legs. She had just got done getting her toes done. She had these little sandals on. True story. This is what I said. <laughs> Am I right or wrong? And what that meant was, go back in the house. This date is over. <laughs> True story. Because how many of y'all know, I knew me. And if I'm already that on fire and burning, come on, somebody. I hang around this all night long. I'm getting burned tonight. <laughs> See, and we got to be honest with ourselves, right? So for me to work that out, I can't put that in, can't put my, now that might not be your story, but I couldn't put myself in that situation if I'm serious about working this out. Everybody clear on that? So, so we didn't date in the home. We didn't watch movies in the house. Come on, somebody. First time she saw my bedroom was after the wedding. Can I just be honest with you all for a moment? Because I knew if I would have took her in there any day before the wedding, I was cashing in. <laughs> so I knew myself. So I'm working it out. See? And so, so we made it, right? So, so, we, so and that's really what it was, too. We made it. Because pick it. We pick each other, and boy, I would just be... <laughs> Right? So, so can I just be completely transparent with you all? First time we slept together was on our wedding night. And I was so excited. Minister David, if it lasted 30 seconds, I don't even know if it lasted 30. I personally think I just looked at her and went. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just being honest. That's a true story. But how many of y'all know we grow over time? And I thank God I'm not the same man that I used to be. Come on, God, to give you a little stamina over time. Glory to God. All right? And so how many know everybody's situation is different? So what I need to work out mine might not be what you need to work out yours. So that's where you got to have your own individual relationship with God where you study the scriptures and he can reveal to you what you need to do. Anybody glad they came to church today? Huh? And so there are three stages of sanctification. There are three stages of sanctification. It's past, it's present, and then there's future. Somebody say three stages. Of sanctification. What are they? All right. So God made you perfectly holy. When did he do that? When did he do that? At salvation. Stay with me now. When did he do that? What did he make you? But, but the process of actually being that on the outside is called what? Sanctification. And that happens over time, right? And that's a threefold process, right? Past, present, and future. Let's look at past. Number one, past. That happens at salvation. Romans 6, 11 says, so let it be the same way with you. Since you are now joined with him, you must continually, watch this, view yourself as dead. 
and unresponsive to sin's appeal while living daily for God's pleasure in union with Jesus, the anointed one. You all see that? So every day I must view myself as dead and unresponsive to that sin in my life. While at the same time living daily for God's pleasure in union with Jesus. And what that looks like, that means what you do when you first get up in the morning demonstrates to you what you desire. Right? And so when your feet hit the ground and you spend time in prayer and you do your devotion, how I many of you are signaling, I want to win, and I want to win big on this day, right? So now you're being proactive. When you don't do that, you're signaling. My flesh is in control. I don't want to get up early to, to, to pray, spend time in the Word, right? And, and so now I'm reactive all day long. Stuff is happening, and I'm reacting to it. Instead of God showing me on the front end because I got up, spent time in prayer, spent time in the Word, He'll actually show you your day unfold, right? And get you ahead of all of the stuff that's coming and navigate you all around it so that you could have a winning day, right? And so this is what this looks like every day. Look at your neighbor and say, you know you, right? So how many of y'all can think of an area of your life right now that you struggle with? Oh, my God, I want to be like some of you all. Let me ask that question again. So how many of y'all can think of, and I'm talking about sin. I'm not talking about, how many of y'all can think of an area of your life that you struggle with? All of us do. All of us do, right? This is the process. Every day I got to be unresponsive to that while at the same time filling myself up with God, right? And if I win today, how many of you know Satan don't care nothing about that? He's like, just wait till tomorrow. Anybody been there before, right? Just wait till tomorrow. Go ahead and have your little day. Just wait till tomorrow. I got another strategy for you, right? And if you don't consider yourself unresponsive to that the next day, you fall right back into. Okay, so that's past, right? Let's look at present. Present happens over the course of your entire life. We grow in grace and the knowledge to become more like Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, but we all with unveiled face, and again, complete transparency. See, we need to be honest with ourselves when we go before God because he already knows you and what you struggle with, right? And so I, I used to say, hey, God, I'm struggling with this. Help me. And then he showed me through his word, right? I learned all of that stuff this way. Stay away from the very appearance of evil. Don't let your good be evil spoken of. Can a man take fire in his bosom and not be burned? I learned it that way. So I started putting two and two together. Don't put myself in a fire if I don't want to get burned. Right? Then kissing was an issue for me. See, tongue kissing for me was like the setup. I started that. I don't know nobody kissed that way with their hands behind their back. I mean, you start kissing that way, hands get to moving, rest of the body. So for me, I stopped that. First time we tongue kissed was on our wedding day because I couldn't handle that one. And God gave me a scripture for that one, James chapter 3. The tongue can no man tame. <laughs> you got to know yourself. I'm just joking. That's not a good scripture for that. 
That's talking about your words. I want to be accurate there, right? I'm having fun, right? But, but for me, I had to go that far with it. So, so and she had to be okay with that. Because I know she was struggling, having to look at me all day, every day. I know she was going through. Well, I know she was just praying in tongues for hours. Lord, help me to just stay off of this boy when I see him. I mean, it's okay to build ourselves up. I'm just building myself up right now. <laughs> how many of y'all glad you came to church today? I said, how many of y'all glad you came to church today? Are you learning anything? Right? Whenever you go before God, go with an unveiled face. Be transparent. Then beholding as in a mirror the glory of God. The mirror is the word of God. Look into it. Right? And don't just look into it for the purpose of looking into it. Look into it to obey it. Right? And then you'll be blessed by what you do, not just what you read. Right? It says, in the mirror, the glory of the Lord, and then being transformed. So the more I look into the mirror of the word of God, the more it transforms my life. The more I look into the mirror. See, if I don't see myself the way the word says that I am, then I only see myself the way that I am. You all see that? And so then I act like the way I see myself. The only way to see myself differently is to see myself the way he sees me. Even when I'm acting the way I used to act. I got to go back to that and let it remind me of who I really am. And then get back to that. Everybody clear on that? All right. And then there are other scriptures. Make sure you go read it. Romans chapter 12 tells us what? Right? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you do what? Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your what? Reasonable service, so that you may what? And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So, so a lot of people want to know what the will of God is for their lives. You'll never know if you never dedicate your body. You never renew your mind and dedicate your body. You'll never know. So one of the best ways to know what God's will is for your life, renew your mind, begin to think the way he thinks, make a decision about your body, transform out of the world, transform out of that culture into God's culture, and I guarantee you, you'll know clearly what you're supposed to do with your life. A lot of people want to know without that process. And then future. Future is when we all get to heaven, right? For we're confident knowing, 2 Corinthians 5, 6, and 8, for we're confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. But we're also confident, yes, and, and, and well pleased, rather, to be absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. So when all of this comes together, folks, is when we lead this body. This is when the perfection that he made us now is eternal once we leave these physical bodies and we're spending eternity with God. But until then, we must spend the rest of our lives setting ourselves apart from this world and doing our best to make ourselves look like what he actually made us. 
I want to close with this story. Let's all stand to our feet. So there's no expiration date on this. No expiration date on the sacrifices of Jesus. Uh, there will never be an end to his guarantee of forgiveness. Never an end to his guarantee of covering and, 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 and removing your sins. No matter how many times you mess up, his death will always cover your sins, right? All you've got to do, folks, is just believe in the finished work of Christ. Stop trying to get him to do something for you and start responding to what he's already done. You all see the difference? So even if sickness touches my body, I'm not trying to get healed. I'm just going back and receiving what he already provided for me. Does that make sense to everyone in the room? I'm going to look at that from Peter's perspective. I'm going to look back at that cross and say, Father, by your stripes, through the shed blood of Jesus, I am healed. Then I'm going to line myself up accordingly. That might be food. Uh, that might be eating differently. That might be exercising, getting proper rest. I mean, I'm going to make sure I do the natural so that I can walk in that supernatural. All right? Listen to this story as we close. This is a true story. So a pastor once told uh, this story in his church, right, to his church members. An attorney in his church, after meditating on several scriptures, decided to cancel the debts of all of his clients that had owed him money for more than six months. So he drafted a letter explaining his decision, right, and its biblical basis and sent 17 debt-canceling letters via certified mail. How I many know we're all human beings? Boy, we get a letter from an attorney, it might sit on that table for, for several days. Right or wrong, right? That's most people, especially if they know they owe somebody something, right? And it's coming from the person that we owe the money to. We're not going to be real quick, oh, what's in there, right? So we understand human nature, but there's a spiritual aspect to this. So he drafted a letter explaining his decision, sent the letter, 17 debt-canceling letters. One by one, the letters began to return unsigned and undelivered. So perhaps a couple of people had moved away, right? Not likely. 16 of the 17 letters came back to him because the clients refused to sign for and opened the envelopes fearing that this attorney was suing them for their debts. How profound is that, folks? We owe a debt for our sin, and God is willing to cancel it, but too many people will not even open the letter that explains that. So we live in fear, live in bondage, not even knowing that he already canceled all my debts. Come on, he already made me financially free. Now all I need to do is work that out. I'm not, he already made me that way. I just got to work it out, figure out how to manifest that and make that a reality in my life. Folks, he has already forgiven you for every sin you will ever commit in this life. Just open up the letter and read it about your situation. So wherever you don't have victory, folks, it's in the letter. Just open it up and read it. And then accept it and receive it and sign it. And declare that you're going to walk in it for the rest of your life. And then the Holy Spirit will help you live just that. I want to say to every believer in this room, you have an opportunity to live debt-free for the rest of your life. You have an opportunity to owe no man nothing but the love. 
You should desire to own your house, own your car, own everything that concerns you. God has made that provision for you. I want to talk to every believer in this room. You, you should accept that you don't have to spend one day of your life in sickness and disease. You have authority over that. It's hard for us to wrap our mind around that because we live in so much of it. But he made you free from it. He canceled it in your life. Now for the unbeliever or those that are backslidden. I want to give you a chance today or you don't have a church on. I want to give you a chance today to get over into this type of life. Where God has canceled every sin that you'll ever commit. And he did that forever. Where God made you perfectly holy. And there's nothing you can do wrong to change that. As long as you're continuing to try to grow in him. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away, and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name. Praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you. Thank you.